five, four, three, two, one. Lift off of the Falcon 9. Hi, I'm Mark Boucher, and this is the Space Q Podcast. Today's podcast is all about the moon. I'll first share some of my thoughts on recent developments. Then we have an interview with Pierre-Alexis Jumel, a co-founder of the Moon Race. The past two weeks have seen an increase in the momentum to make the moon an important focus for human and robotic exploration in the decade to come for the U.S., Europe, Japan, and Canada. The sequence of events this past year, and in particular the past two weeks, could be interpreted as the beginning of a moon race. The first piece to fall into place was Canada officially announcing it was going to support NASA's Lunar Orbital Platform Gateway Program, now known, thankfully, as the Lunar Gateway Program. While most people focused on this portion of the news from Canada, there was also a new Lunar Exploration Accelerator Program announced with $150 million in funding over five years that is to go to small and medium-sized businesses who focus on innovative technologies for the Lunar Gateway and the surface of the Moon. The latter is an important part of Canada's Moon strategy. Many might not be familiar with Canada's efforts to develop rovers for the surface of the Moon. Those efforts, though, have been underway for over a decade, and it is now clear that Canada intends to have a rover on the moon within a decade. Shortly after Canada made headlines, news surfaced that the International Space Station Multilateral Coordination Board met on March 5th and that the partners affirmed their support for the Lunar Gateway. Then, earlier this week, the White House unveiled its fiscal 2020 budget request. That included $21 billion for NASA, of which $821 million was earmarked for the Lunar Gateway. It should be noted that in 2019, Congress had approved $450 million for the Lunar Gateway. NASA's budget request also included a change to the Space Launch System, known as SLS, designed to keep the Lunar Gateway program on schedule. The change? A request to defer development of the Block 1B version of the Space Launch System. The public reason cited? The Space Launch System is behind schedule. Another reason not publicly mentioned? The costs. Let me explain. NASA's first mission for the Space Launch System is the Exploration Mission 1, or EM-1. It will use the SLS Block 1 rocket that can deliver 95 metric tons to low Earth orbit. That mission was scheduled for 2020, June of 2020 that is, and that date has been repeatedly pushed back. We learned this week that the June 2020 date was going to be pushed back yet again. This is important as the EM-1 mission is a a demonstration mission is a precursor to NASA using the larger SLS Block 1 version which can deliver 105 metric tons to low earth orbit or 37 metric tons to the moon. It is the Block 1B and Block 2 versions which are designed to deliver crew and cargo to the moon. 
with the Block 1B and 2 variants nowhere near ready to launch, and with the EM-1 being delayed yet again, and NASA not wanting to push back the Lunar Gateway schedule, a critical decision is needed to be made on the SLS. NASA's new solution? Use commercial rockets to deliver cargo to the moon for the Lunar Gateway program. The other part of the SLS equation is that the Orion crewed capsule was designed to use the SLS to launch astronauts to the moon. This week, the other shoe fell. NASA's administrator, Jim Bridenstein, told the Senate Commerce Committee that they were considering using commercial launch service providers for Orion. The committee wasn't expecting to hear this. Bridenstine also said he hadn't spoken to ULA or SpaceX about this possibility yet. As well, there are some technical challenges to over- overcome if that was to happen. This news comes right after SpaceX had just wrapped up its first successful launch of the Crew Dragon capsule. The success of the mission itself helped Bridenstine come out with this public statement. It was just further proof that commercial launch providers are on the right track. The decision to bring this up at the hearing wasn't random. It was planned. The series of decisions announcing this past week might not have been made a year ago, but the current White House administration, along with the new NASA administrator, are big believers in the commercial sector taking some of the load off of NASA. Let NASA do the exploring. Let ULA, SpaceX, and eventually Blue Origin and Northrop Grumman do the heavy lifting. The move has added benefits for an administration looking to cut costs. SLS is viewed by some as a jobs program that's just very costly. By outsourcing the task to the commercial sector, it frees up money that can be used elsewhere. SLS isn't dead. The EM-1 mission will go ahead, but after that, it's a wait and see. The politics of this aren't over yet. There's another factor that plays into what's happening now. China has proven itself to be capable and methodical in growing its space program and following its long-term space plans. Those plans include further exploration of the moon, a new space station, a mission to Mars, and eventually astronauts on the moon and then Mars. The new moon race is different than the one in the 60s. This time, the perceived political battle isn't the same. This time around, it's about setting up a permanent presence on the moon. Perception is still very much part of the political landscape, and that, in part, is driving the U.S. and Chinese efforts. For the U.S.-led efforts, though, the main focus is on the eventual commercial exploitation of the moon. That makes this race different. Okay, now for my interview this week. My guest this week is Pierre-Alexis Jumel of the Moon Race. The Moon Race, in this instance, is a global initiative founded by Airbus and its international partners, including Blue Origin, and is aimed at demonstrating key technologies required for the sustainable exploration of the Moon. The race in this instance is a global initiative founded by Airbus and its international partners, including Blue Origin, and is aimed at demonstrating key technologies required for the sustainable exploration of the Moon. The race consists of challenges in four parallel technology streams. If you're a small or medium business who are interested in getting your technologies demonstrated on the moon, then this initiative just might be for you. Listen in.
Welcome, Pierre-Alexi, to the SpaceQ podcast. Thank you, Mark, for the opportunity to present and discuss about the moon race. Okay. But before we talk about uh, the moon race initiative, uh, and in doing my research, I noticed that you have a, an engineering degree and a business degree, and it seems you have an entrepreneurial feel to your career today to bit. What have been some of the interesting projects that you've worked on other than uh, the moon race? So, you're right, uh, I started uh, by doing engineering uh, school, but actually I never really worked on the engineering topic. Uh, right after my school, uh, I applied to a business school, and why? It's because um, I always wanted to uh, be able to develop uh, a project, to put the project in a good condition, and I think it's com really complementary to know everything about business and to have at least the basis on engineering. And engineering-wise, because I'm passionate about space, and uh, that was the starting point for, for myself. Um, then, after my uh, um, those two degrees, um, I entered at Airbus. Uh, uh, in, in, in Paris, so I work one year in the research department of Paris, and one of the, the, the topic I was uh, one of the topic I was working on was developing the research uh, and technology department in North America, and that's how I got the opportunity to go to Canada. So I used to live here in Canada, uh, two years in uh, in Ottawa and one year in Montreal. So I know a bit the ecosystem of Canada, and my um, position was to uh, develop uh, research and technology projects, uh, develop partnership with research centers, the NRC in Canada, the universities, uh, but not only in space, it was for the full Airbus group. Uh, after this uh, period, so three years in Canada, uh, I was still passionate about space, and that's why I um, uh, went back to Europe and now working at Airbus Defense and Space uh, in Germany. In Germany. So you're based in Germany. Now, I also, I also noticed in, in going through your uh, LinkedIn biography uh, that you were an assistant researcher at the Colorado School of Mines. Yes. So tell me about that experience and how it shaped any thoughts you might have on, on space mining. So that's a really interesting uh, story because I... My topic when I did this, um, it was a one semester during my engineering school in this university in, in Colorado, was on mechanical engineering. Um, so I was studying uh, vibration uh, system. But this university is also known for the space department. So while I was there, I added some courses about uh, space and uh, during my, my stay in, in Colorado, I got the opportunity to join one of the Apollo mission uh, dust of, of the moon uh, analysis. And that right. was really a great experience to me. I'm still in contact with uh, the, the professor, which was not my professor of, of research, okay. but was the professor leading the space, um, space department in, in the Colorado School of Mine. And for me, that was really a great experience to, to be there. Yeah. And, but did it, uh, did, it, did it affect your mindset with, when it came to the moon? What was impressive was to see really those, uh, uh, the, the dust of the moon, the rock of, of yeah. the moon. It was really a small part, but still uh, it came from the moon. Uh, then 
talking about mining, um, it's true that what I'm doing now is targeting uh, in-situ resource utilization. So this idea of uh, resource extraction, resource utilization, also came from this experience. Okay. So um, now, with your experience in Canada, um, and you, you said you, you worked on the, the research and development, yeah. did, you do, did you do anything else, or are you still doing stuff with Canada? Um, Right now, um, I'm still in, in contact with a Canadian organization uh, for this project, mainly uh, the agency, uh, CSA, and some industries that are uh, interested by moon exploration. Um, but after leaving Canada, I, I didn't have any more activity uh, related more activity to Canada. Here. Okay. So now, aside from the, uh, the moon race, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, you have a new role at Airbus, from what I can tell, which is the uh, project manager, business business growth systems. Um, space system, business growth space systems. Business growth space systems. Yes, of course. Sorry, my mistake. So, um, tell me a bit about that. That sounds very interesting. So, uh, to explain that, I need to take a few steps back. Sure. Um, um, so when I came back to Europe, uh, I worked in the Earth Observation Department, working on radar uh, satellite, uh, business, I would say, uh, business plan uh, mm-hmm. of a radar satellite. It was really interesting. Uh, it, in parallel of that, uh, with some um, friends at Airbus, we, we had the idea of doing something on the moon. It was, it's our passion. It was nothing related to our, to our job, but it, it's our passion. And uh, we, we really came to the idea uh, how we can federate all those initiatives around moon exploration, how can we create a movement on moon exploration. And the idea we, we had was uh, through developing uh, an, an international competition. So this idea started at Airbus, uh, but really fast it went out. And we were discussing about this idea with partners. Could be industry, could be agencies. Um, and now uh, the Moon Race is um, organized through a non-for-profit organization, which is independent from Airbus and all the other partners. And my, I'm working at Airbus, but I'm dedicated to uh, making this Moon Race uh, um, work. Um, so um, that's my my objective. So I changed department for uh, organization point of view because it didn't make sense to be in Earth Observation Department. Ah, But my objective is to make the moon race um, work as as well as my colleagues. Now we are a team of three. That's the contribution of Airbus toward the moon race not-for-profit organization. Okay. So you're still employed by Airbus, but you're dedicated to the... Focus on the moon race. All right, so we're going to talk about that now. (laughs) Um, So you mentioned... um, uh, that it's a non-profit. Exactly. Um, I'm going to go through a bunch of different questions here on, on the specifics of things. Um, so let's start off with, and not going into the actual individual challenges themselves, but what is the moon race? And who are the collaborators? And um, what are their roles? <laughs> Easy questions. Oh, it's, it's fair. Um, so the Moon Race um, is an international competition uh, targeting the development of ISRU technologies for the Moon, so in-situ resource utilization. Um, it's a competition on five years, 
and we target participant uh, team like startups, SMEs, spin-off of laboratories uh, that would develop innovative technology uh, answering to specific challenge on ISRU. Um, so the general objective of the Moon Race is uh, to develop sustainable technology for moon exploration. And to achieve that, uh, we identify with partners like space agencies or industry some key topics. Uh, we, are, we have four key topics. Maybe that's uh, the one. Yeah. Um, I would go through them quickly. And each of them represents a challenge. So there is one about manufacturing. Can we manufacture an object using... Uh, the local resources, so regolith. Another one is, can we extract some element from this regolith? Could be water, could be oxygen. Um, another one is about energy. Can we produce? Produce, yes, but store uh, uh, energy that uh, survive lunar night. And biology. Can we so, uh, make something survive more than one or two days, like, uh, like Shana did demonstrate? So those are the, the, the four uh, technology uh, streams. Um, with that, um, so getting back to uh, the question that I asked, so who are the actual collaborators with you aside from, obviously, Airbus? So now uh, we'll just uh, keep mentioning the one we had um, at the announcement um, last October. So uh, we were with two industries, Airbus and, and Blue Origin, two agencies, European Space Agency and the Mexican Space Agency, and non-space, uh, one non-space, which uh, is Vinci Construction. And this is also key uh, about the spirit of the moon race, is uh, we want to involve public and private sector and we want in the private sector to involve uh, space and non-space. And why non-space is because all the technology that we're going to use on the moon is actually the technology we use on, on Earth. So we should also involve the, the leader of each of these um, different sectors in uh, this race, in this um, moon exploration race. So um, what does Blue Origin bring to the table for you, the launch? <laughs> I think with uh, Blue Origin is also sharing the same ambition uh, toward moon exploration uh, to also create a movement. It's, it's also key because to go back to, to the moon and having the ambition to stay, uh, we, you need to have support. And creating this movement is, is, was our starting point for also creating the moon race. So for them, it's also this, uh, this, this ambition to, to federate people behind moon exploration. Now, I understand uh, European Space Agency Agency's involvement. How did you get the Mexican space agency involved? Well, we we talked to many space agencies, yeah. um, and uh, some were uh, uh, more ready to uh, uh, quickly join mm-hmm. than others. Um, at that time of, of the announcement, that was the one that were ready to be on stage with us. Uh, we got also some others that um, signed some letter of intent, but were not ready to be on, on stage. Um, so for, for Mexico, um, they are really interested uh, also about moon exploration and to be part of this, this great adventure, uh, like all the, also the other space agency. Now, Da Vinci Construction, this is a large construction... Vinci. Vinci, Vinci Construction. Vinci. They're a large construction company yes. uh, based in Europe? They are global, uh, but headquarters in France. Headquarters in France. Why? Why would they be a part of this? 
Well, for them, there are multiple uh, multiple aspects. Uh, first, it's about um, the technology uh, behind, uh, I was mentioning, the topic of manufacturing and resource extraction. The technology that is used on, on the moon is also can have applications on, on Earth. So in extreme, harsh environment, uh, that's the same type of technology. So here they see an interest. And then the other interest is uh, um, if we start building infrastructure on the moon, um, as a leader on Earth, uh, it makes also makes sense to uh, to support these activities. So you announced this competition last year uh, in um, Ice, Bremen yeah. mm-hmm. at the International Astronautical uh, Congress. Um, the official launch, though, is going to be this year at uh, in Washington. Um, at the International uh, Astronautical Congress again, right? So that was the sort of like soft launch. So I mean, are you signing up teams now yet? No, no, not yet. We, we did this announcement for, for some reason. Uh, the first was to tell to potential participants that something is under preparation yeah. uh, about moon exploration. And after this announcement, we got a lot of feedback from team, uh, team or SMEs or startups that are already developing those technology, which really amaze me and it's great to see that people are already proactive and another reason was to um, also announce to the space community so to other potential partners that there is this initiative that is supported by those partners so far if you are interested join us uh, and then we will grow this uh, this community so the official launch will be this fall uh, that's what we are we are working for something in the summer. In the summer, yeah, okay. Summer. And at that point, you'll provide guidelines and, and, and everything for the competition. A- application uh, criteria, selections, and so on. We need to be uh, okay. To be and you mentioned the four uh, parallel technology streams, right? The manufacturing, yeah. the energy, resources, and biology. Um, if you're a startup and SME. Um, why get involved? What's in it for them? So, one of the, the, the great value from, from the moon race is that we involve all the key space actors. Um, so, along the journey of the competition, because the competition will be articulated through gates, so first a selection process, then gates on demonstrating technology on, on Earth environment, then on lunar environment, and so on, up to having something ready to, uh, to be launched. Um, and during this process, um, uh, the team will have uh, support from uh, the different partners. So it could be access to laboratory, uh, on the different gates will have rewards uh, to incentivize them to continue along the journey. And this would be cash rewards? That would be mainly cash rewards. And the last big award uh, that we are working on is to have the ambition to put the best technology, the best payload developed on moon missions. So Would it be four four payloads? If there are four topics, that's what Why there are four topics is because we are targeting four four missions. So so you have four payloads, let's say. Um, Who's building? uh, It's just a lander? No, no, it's uh, what the team will need to to develop and through this process is a, is a payload. So this payload will be put on a lander, which is not asked to be developed by the team. It's only the, the payload. And you're going to outsource that or Airbus is going to provide it? Or? Um, it will be through um, um, the, the partners, okay. or agency or, okay. or, or industry. Okay. And the competition itself, 
Um, who can be involved? Is it open to everybody? So I mentioned just before uh, that we target uh, startups, yeah. SMEs, spin-off of laboratory. But I mean globally, is like uh, any country? It's The ambition is to be global. Right. Yes. Okay. So, um, and what about Canada? I mean, uh, I, I'm sure you can't tell me any specifics, but... Uh, you know, uh, you've had discussions with the Canadian Space Agency, I'm sure. Uh, are there any Canadian companies that are interested? In terms of um, partners, yes, there are companies, uh, Canadian companies that are interested to, to join uh, and to partner with the Moon Race. And then in terms of participants, of course, uh, um, I believe that there will be Canadian participants, and that's what we were discussing today at this uh, conference investment space, is uh, in Canada there are all the capabilities uh, knowledge, uh, university um, to uh, answer to those challenges. So th that's why it makes sense that there is uh, support from the Canadian industry and, and, and agency. Now, in looking at the, uh, the website and going through some of the documentation that you have, um, one of the things that, that really uh, stood out to me yeah. is that the competition is going to run for five years. Well, yeah. So, um, now we've seen what happened with the Google Lunar X Prize. Yeah. It started, then the date got changed, yeah. the date got changed, and eventually they had a hard date. Nobody won. Even though nobody won, it still did actually create a bit of an ecosystem because we now have seen Space IL launch to the moon. We have Moon Express that's uh, interested yeah. in, uh, in putting uh, yeah. becoming a transportation system to start with. PT scientists are still going forward with their effort. Uh, and of course, iSpace in, in Japan sure. is, 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 has money. <laughs> and so they're definitely going to be going. So things are happening. But in terms of your competition, and I'm going, I was going through the timeline, it looks like you really have a five-year hard deadline from the time that you start. Uh, are you going to, is that flexible or is that uh, going to stay? Well, the, the Google Lunar X Prize was a great uh, uh, initiative because it demonstrated that teams can raise money and develop um, um, viable commercial business case. And you, you mentioned the ones that are still alive. Why? It's because they have a commercial uh, business case behind. Um, for us, that was good inspiration. However, we believe that what has been asked to team, the team was a bit too much. Uh, uh, from developing everything to up to getting launched and so on. And that's why... Within the moon race, we had a different approach by involving directly the key actors in space, so agencies, industry, and also non-space, for the reason I mentioned. Um, and this would make for us a difference. Uh, and why you have five years is because um, the, the moon mission that we target to host the winning payload are the ones that are planned for 2024-2025. So we These are already existing. Not, uh, not uh, I would say, uh, validated, uh, but planned. Planned. And that's why we adapted the, the Planned or concepts? Some are, some are concepts, some are planned. Right. Uh, it depends on, uh, on the agency, because there are right. different processes to validate those, those, those missions. But there's a reason why we have this, uh, this timeline, is to target those, those missions. And when I look at the competition itself and, and what its goals are, from what I can see, you're trying to 
Um, you're trying to get these companies incentivized to actually solve actual problems that need to be solved if we're actually going to land on the moon and build uh, an infrastructure. And going further to stay, and to stay. the human presence. Before, here's my, my personal view, but before having personal presence, we need to demonstrate that we can use what is there to produce the basic resources for human presence, which is resource extraction, which is energy, which is manufacturing, and so on. Right, so which is why you have the four technology streams. And Being able to take the regolith to actually do something with it. That's why the target is in-situ in resource utilization, because we want to enable a sustainable uh, presence uh, on the moon. And what does it mean? It means using what is uh, existing there. So that's why it's ISIU um, target. Now... I saw, and I'm trying to find it here um, on my own website, right. <laughs> spaceref.com, yeah. um, that uh, a few days ago there was a paper that came out from the University of Heidelberg okay. uh, that was talked about the moon, and I'm just trying to pull it up here, that basically said that um, there was... Um, I can't pull it up. Um, but... Uh, it would be, based on new research that they've done, that it, it would be easier to extract um, oxygen and water from the moon than was previously thought. Did you come across it? Have you heard of that paper? I didn't uh, heard about that paper, uh, but there are different technology possible today that we know about uh, extracting, uh, you were mentioning water. From the knowledge of today, we can we know that we can extract water from the rocks or regoliths, or going to the South Pole, and there there is already ice water. So that's the two possibilities to extract water. So five and a half years from now, and we'll put our crystal ball, and we'll say a mission is happening. You have your payloads. Um, and let's say the payloads make it to the moon. This is the one thing that I find interesting that a lot of the press coverage that I've read in the last week about the Space IL mission mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is that um, it's a great success up to this point, but they still have the hardest part to do, which is actually to get to the moon and land on the moon. So assuming you land on the moon, you're successful in landing on the moon, payloads are deployed, and they do what they're supposed to do. But next... But first, it will not be us uh, doing all that. It will be the teams that yeah. would participate uh, and on the different challenges. I'm talking from a big picture perspective. Yeah, what does that mean? Uh, wh why we are doing all this competition is ultimately to develop uh, a sustainable ecosystem of companies going to the moon for also commercial reasons. So the moon race is really the enabler and demonstrator of the technology because we need to start from somewhere and this step for us is not commercial that's why it's a not-for-profit organizing this uh, this competition so if we look after the moon race those the ambition is that those companies that would have developed this technology would go to the next step 
and the next step would be commercial uh, exploitation of resources. They can store energy, they can extract uh, uh, elements from the regolith. So it's a starting point, and we just want to help those uh, startups developing those technology. So, and just thinking out loud, um, these companies that are have done this and have been successful, mm-hmm. um, who are the customers once they they do this? I mean, is there? I mean, you've you've proven the technology. Let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, who's going to say, okay, I need uh, you to produce water? So, who's that, who's going to be that customer? Is it going to be a space agency? Uh, then the, the need could be from public or private uh, entities, and through this process uh, and through this competition, they would be in contact with those uh, uh, both world, uh, and this will, will help them also to develop by doing their business model and the market they want to address and so on. Is there anything else that uh, we haven't discussed about the moon race that we should have our audience be aware of? Um, no, I encourage uh, them to, to have a look to our website, to follow us on uh, the different social media, and uh, if they want to contact us, uh, we... We'll have all that information. All right. Uh, all right. And uh, is there going to be any, any announcements in the next few months, or...? Well, we we progress with uh, with our partner, uh, and we will make an announcement when we, we feel ready. But as I said, um, the summer is one of our target. Okay. Well, thank you for being my thank guest you. today. And uh, as you move forward, uh, hopefully we can get you back on to see uh, how the, the the project is uh, progressing. With pleasure. Thank you, Mark. Well, that's a wrap on this episode of the Space Cube podcast. If you like this show, please support us on Patreon. The address is patreon.com slash spaceq. We really appreciate feedback. And to help us, we ask you consider to write a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Play Music if you're so inclined. If you have any comments on this episode, you can email me at podcast at spaceq.ca or you can post them on our website at spaceq.ca where you'll find an archive of each episode. If you send me a comment by email, I'll write back to you as soon as I can. On Twitter, you can follow us at Canada in Space. And if you use Facebook, you can find all our articles and links to the podcast on our page, The Space Q. If you like the show, please subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app.